Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, hello, good morning, and welcome, dear listeners. Welcome to Achtung Millwall. Number 75 edition. This is, as you well know, the number one Millwall podcast. My name is Nick Hart, and we speak in the aftermath of yesterday's two-all draw down there at the county ground, Swindon. Now, sadly, I wasn't able to make the game, but thankfully, from your perspective, your listening pleasure perspective, we have two reports. First up, we're going to be speaking to a previous correspondent on the show, Mr Omar Ronain, who's kindly produced a, a bit of a live report for me down there. I hope you enjoy that. Big thank you to Omar for doing that. Um, and then to follow that, we've, we're speaking to James Blewett, another regular correspondent on the show, and with his take on, on the tool draw. So first up, it's going to be Omar, then we're going to follow that with James, and I will come back to you at the end of the show with a little bit of a review of the post-match comment online. Speak to you later. Achtung, Millwall. Good afternoon and a warm welcome to Optown Millwall. My name's Omar, special mention Nick for allowing me to cover today's game. We're away at the county grounds for Swindon versus Millwall. Take three starting level for Millwall. We've got Jordan Archer in goal, Marlon Romeo at right back, Carlos Evans retaining position on the left back despite his injury last game. We've got Beavers and Webster at the back, Jeb Wallace at the right, Shane Ferguson on the left, with Thompson and Abdu in the middle, and the prolific Lee Gregory partners Captain Steve Morrison. David Ford, Sid Nelson, Sean Williams, Ed Upson, Frontier Dimmer, Aim O'Brien, and the prolific youngster, partly under 21s, Jamie Philpott. What am I expecting today? I'm not too sure to be honest. It's a loud, loud and a, a big number of following mills today. We've been good on the road all season. I'm hoping for three points today, but I'll take a draw equally. Swindon on decent run of form. Last five games unbeaten. And we're in the last four in particular. So not going to be an easy position whatsoever, especially appointing a new manager that's in the middle of the week. So we'll see where we go. An unchanged level for Millwall, an unchanged level for Neil Harris. Fingers crossed. Hopefully the three points. Let's get you into the game. Achtung, Millwall. 
Corner taken. Lee Gregory in the back post. Taps in. Come on, Millwall. A superb goal. Come on, Wolf. We're halfway through the first half and we're tuning up. What more can we ask for? Goals coming through. Lee Gregory, as you can hear him, being trying in the background, along with Steve Morrison. First goal coming from a short corner, whips in from Chad Wallace and buried at the back post from Lee Gregory. Getting his 22nd goal of the season. A very well worked goal. He's getting a bit of treatment from Bobby Bakic, but he should be alright. The second goal, again, Gregory was quite nice. He'll get his 23rd of the season. Play through on goal. He beats the defender. He just puts him right past Vigorous in the goal for Swindon. A poor goal kick resulting from Vigorous. Morrison picks it up and he's through on goal and he buries it past Vigorous to make it 2 0 to the Lions. We're 2 0 up and we're doing superb. Keep it up, Millwall. We're 2 0 up. We have to be careful swinging on the break for their wide men. However, Gregory equally is equal to the task and he's very lethal on the break. Come on, Wall. 2 0 up. Achtung, Millwall. Here we are, listeners, and it's 2 0 at the break to Millwall. Goals coming from Lee Gregory and Steve Morrison. Very, very solid performance so far. Not looking too threatened by this constant threat of Nico Jose and John Obika up front with Swindon. I mean, what you don't expect from Swindon, obviously they've got a lot of pace in the side. Not necessarily too much height. I mean, Beavers and Webster seem to do well with high balls in the air. However, the constant threat over the top is a constant worry for us. However, Beavers and Webster are doing pretty well so far. Goals from Mill will come from Lee Gregory and Steve Morrison. Gregory's first goal, a short corner taken. Wallace whips it into the back post and Lee Gregory's dead. Bury it past the keeper. Not much chance for the keeper, has to be said. But a well-taken goal from the striker to get his 22nd goal of the season. Steve Morrison, I mean, it was a short kick and it was a really poor clearance from Vigorous, the goalkeeper for Swindon. Capitalising on the mistake, Steve Morrison's through on goal and he buries the pass to keeper with no mistake. We're doing pretty well so far. Um, I mean, down the right-hand side seems to be a constant threat with Jeb Wallace and Marlon Romeo. Jeb Wallace did pick up a knock halfway through the first half. However, he seems that he should be okay to continue on. If failing that, we've obviously got Fred and Dimmer on the bench, the likes of Aiden O'Brien, who can make an impact for us in the second half. Down the left-hand side, Carlos Edwards and Shane Ferguson, not too much trouble, to be honest. I mean, the main threat from Swindon does come from their own left-hand side, but unfortunately for them, Marlon Romeo and Jeb Wallace seem to be in pretty good form and we seem to be capitalising on their mistakes and taking our chance, our chances when it comes to us. Jordan Archer's kind of untested. He made one smart save halfway through the first half. But apart from that, guys, we're 2-0 up. We're in control against a side that's won their last four and we seem to be performing pretty well. Neil Harris wouldn't be saying much in the, second, in the half-time, I don't think. We seem to be performing well. More of the same in the second half and hopefully we can see out this game with a clean sheet to come with it. 2-0 at half-time. What more can you ask for? Up the Lions. Achtung. A couple of half-time tweets. I'm sure Nick won't expect me to cover this, but... Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Like I said, Nick, I'm often viewer of yours, and I admire the work you do. So from Bermondsey Boy, 1885, whatever the outcome this season, I love watching us again. Give Harris the freedom of Bermondsey. Lord Neil of Southwark. Hashtag Millwall. I have to agree with Bermondsey Boy. We're playing very, very good football. We're a constant threat. And, of course, we're scoring goals for fun. Nick Goodwin Sport. Energetic first 45 from Millwall. Morrison and Gregory unplayable. Movement, aggression and finishing. Through the starts. As the teams come out of the second half, Mark Litchfield, as he say, should be 3-0, apart from the Gregory miss. But all were comfortable so far. Goals in abundance on this side. Mark Litchfield also says he's worried about Wallace. Took a whack early on and has been lethargic since. Might be inclined to take him off as Robert needs help on the right. It looks like all one change from Millwall so far, so it remains as it is. Archer in goal, Romeo right back, Edwards at left back, Beavers and Webster in the middle, with Abdu and Thompson in front of them. On the right is Jeb Wallace, on the left is Shane Ferguson, with Steve Morrison and Lee Gregory up front. Swindon are making one change at half-time, number 26 comes on for number four. Unfortunately, I'm not a Swindon fan, and I'm not in a press box, so I can't tell you the team sheet and who number 26 is. However, number 26 is on for number four. Millwall fans are getting geared up for the second half. Let's hope we can stick it out and get the win. Come on, Wall. Achtung, Millwall. Well, listeners, things have just got interesting. We're on 63 minutes, and Carlos Edwards has brought down the Marauding fullback, Thompson. And unfortunately for us, it was a penalty converted. It's 2 1 to Millwall. However, the atmosphere has certainly changed, and I'm not sure whether or not we're going to hold on to this. We've looked at controls from the start of the second half. However, we just not took any chances that come our way. And unfortunately for us, Swindon look on top. Here comes Swindon again. A Jose on the ball in midfield. He skips past Thompson, but unfortunately for them, Edwards managed to clear it. Nervy times for Millwall right now, guys. I'm not sure whether we're going to hold on to this. Maybe a couple of changes might be on call here from Harris. 2-1 to Millwall. Ten minutes on the clock, left to go. And the first up from Millwall, Aino O'Brien coming off goal scorer Lee Gregory. A like for like substitution. The Lions try and see this game out. Come on, Wall. Five minutes to go in a second substitution for Millwall. Ed Upson on for number four, Carlos Edwards. Ferguson's gone to left back, Upson on the left, as you were for the rest of the team. Not much to talk about since the last ten minutes. However, the Lions are looking to hold on to this. And so far, with five minutes to go, so good. Four minutes at a time here, guys. Going to stick with it. Not been much from Swindon, to be honest, since the last 15 minutes. A couple of substitutes of Millwall may seem to have kind of shored us up a little bit. Ups on the left. O'Brien up front, chasing down the ball. There's an effort from range. Oh, just gone wide. A lot of Swindon fans thought that was in. You can. We'll stay with it for the four minutes here, guys. A lot of nervous Millwall fans here. Not sure... 
whether we're going to hold on to this. We seem pretty assured at the moment. The home fans, nothing from them. The away fans, however, try to back the fans. Webster, however, gets the rebound. Here's Byron Webster. He tries to punt it over. Steve Morris is through. Got Morrison! Oh, tries to take it first time to try and chip the keeper. However, he miscues it, and the keeper gets hold of it. Jose. Ball into the box. I think that's Webster gets his head on it, but it's not cleared. Now on the right, Swindon. Ball in the box. It's 2 2. I don't know what to say, guys. Well, Here's my match report. A 2-2 draw away to Swindon Town at the county ground. 2-0 at half-time to the Lions. And then to chuck it away in the second half. And fuck it up in a 2-2 draw. Don't know what else there is to say, really. We deserve the win. Second half, Swindon, as you'd expect, came on to us. We just couldn't deal with it towards the end. I thought, to be honest, we'd see it out. 2-1, made a couple of subs to kind of shore up the defence and shore up the midfield. However, it wasn't to be. And right at the death, almost the last kick of the game, Swindon got their equaliser. A point's a point. I did say before the game I'll take a point. However, I guess a 2-2 draw, it, after being 2-0 up, doesn't really reflect on how well we should have took with him today. I'll pass you back to Nick. Thanks for letting me on today, Nick. I've really appreciated it, and I've really enjoyed it. Hope to be on the show soon. Thank you for listening today, guys, and I'll see you guys soon. Take care. Bye-bye. James, I'm going to have to start again, mate. I didn't press record. So. <laughs> <laughs> I might leave that in. This is this is the quality of show that you're you're dealing with here, listeners. I, 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 I've set up. I've got like a recording app, and um, I, I put it on pause whilst I, James was phoning in today, and um, <laughs> I, I hadn't taken pause. Take two. Bad taking pause off. <laughs> oh, we were robbed, James. Neil Harris says so. Two all late last minute um, equaliser. It, it hurt watching it on Twitter. Um, I, I got a sense, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that from the moment we conceded what sounds like a soft penalty, this was on the cards all the way through. It's, it's, it's Millwall's way, isn't it? Yeah, so you, you know, you were, it, it was... Uh, I mean, we sh- it was 94 minutes, so we really should have seen the game out. But uh, And they were at, went absolutely berserk when they scored the, uh, the, the equaliser. Oh, I but, bet they uh, did, yeah. It was, uh, I'd say, I think we we were asking for trouble all through the second half, really, the way we set up. And it was a shame because we started the game. So our first 20 minutes was some of the best football I've seen us play. Really? That, that good? Yeah. Absolutely on fire. OK. Um, with loads of movement, really, uh, really getting stuck into them. And they looked completely terrified. And to be honest... Um, I was really nervous about this game. Swindon were top of the form league going yeah, into this. That's right. Over the last six games, but we just we bossed the first 20 minutes, and then Swindon, predictably, two 0 down, started to really try and battle their way back in. But yeah. really, for the rest of the first half, I thought we controlled the game very well. 
Um, I thought we defended really well as a unit, and, uh, and, and I was dangerous on the break. But it was in the second half that he started to feel the game, um, to the sort of dynamics of the game change a bit, really. Remind, I mean, following it on, on, um, on the social media, which uh, never gives you a, a, a great um, picture, but it sounded similar to how the Blackpool game last week could have developed, because, again, we, we established a lead. We were looking dominant at the end of the first half. Sounds like we were dominant yesterday, James. And then second half, we... We, we kind of let the um, let them back into it slightly. And we, we, if Blackpool had been a better side, that that could have gone square on us last time, couldn't it? Yes, and I think uh, and w- what Harry was seen to do in the second half was to try and make us uh, very solid at the back. So the the, set, the the midfield four seemed to be playing about five yards deeper in the second half, which left the two strikers quite isolated up front. Yeah. Um, and it just and you know Swindon are a pacey team, and one thing we haven't really got at the back is pace. Um, and you know it was it was a very unfair penalty. I've had a look at the um, the highlights. Right. But to be honest, Edwards did raise his arm, and when you got a nippy winger flying past an old codger like um, Edwards, and he raises his arm, it was a penalty. You know, which was uh, waited to happen really. I mean, I haven't seen any of the highlights yet, so um, I, I don't know the incident. But it's, you'd expect from an experienced defender, Edwards is as experienced as it can get at his age. You you put your arm up, you're going to be in, in. You know, the referees are looking for you in, in this modern day and age, aren't they? That's right. And to, you know, it's a shame because I thought we had a very good first half. But um, you know, <clears throat> he's uh, he's he's you know 36, going on 37 now, and uh, and perhaps he is beginning to get to the point where. Uh, He's, he's going to find it tough to stay with these young players at, um, at this level. Comes to us all, James, doesn't it? Comes to us all, mate. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> at grand old age of 37. <laughs> I mean, something I've picked up, I mean, Toby Porter posted um, that the referee was one-sided in the second half. Now, I, I'm a little bit um, sceptical sometimes. I think there's a Millwall sense of a siege mentality that we have that referees are against us. But it sounds like this guy, especially in that second 45... Was was a bit of a one-way street. Would would you go with it? Yeah, but we would say to the people around us, it was about six or seven 50-50 decisions went against us, uh, and the penalty was the was about the seventh of them. You know, it right. was uh, every <clears throat> every 50-50 ball um, he gave it Swindon's way, and Swindon were very good at you know t- uh, flopping down in the uh, you know sort of dramatic way um, if a player went near them. Yeah. Um, but you know they got to us, I think, psychologically, and they got to Harris as well. He was going absolutely berserk on the touchline. And uh, the referee came over and uh, had a word with him, and and I think that sort of anxiety can spread to the team a bit, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, this is experience as a manager, really, James, isn't it? I mean, Neil Harris. I think we we all tend to forget there was a, a post that was his, his his first anniversary of yeah. taking the job, um, and he's you know he's he's a young manager, um, and I think this will be a learning experience for him yesterday because. Yeah. I've been struck, and I don't know how you how you see it, but I've been struck by his calmness, his demeanour on the you know in, 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 on the on the bench as being that of a calm manager. But he was never a calm player, was he? He was always in the mix. Yes, and I, I mean I think he's done brilliantly. I've, I, every time I thought, is he really you know is 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 he uh, going to rise to this challenge? He has risen to this challenge. When we've had our little bad runs, he's managed to turn them around. But one thing I have noticed in the last few weeks is. Seeing out the game, like you said about the Blackpool game, yeah, um, yeah. I think he tends to sit too deep, uh, set the teams up too deep when we're defending a lead, and I think that can be asking for trouble. I mean, a small example yesterday was that whenever Swindon had a corner, he didn't leave any players up the pitch. Right. And, and the problem with that <clears> is that that means that then Swindon could put all 10 of their outfield players in, a, in and around our box. 
Um, so, so I think he, you know, he's got more to learn. But my God, you know, it's only a year ago since uh, Bloody Holloway left, and uh, yeah, I, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything has to be seen for that prism, doesn't it? That um, you know, although it was frustrating to see um, our two-goal lead clawed back, and I, I felt that coming in my bones as soon as that penalty was given in the whatever it was, the seventieth minute or something. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've all been around the mill tracks too many times. We know how these things play out, and you could you could just see it being ninety plus something when they do finally get back into the game. Um, but you're right. I mean, go back twelve months, and it was Ian Holloway in charge, and we were getting spanked at places like Swindon. You know, by, by by some some measure of goal. So we, we've certainly improved in that time for me, anyway. I know that. Yeah, no, it was a bit uh, it was a bit haunting, really, hearing that West Country accent all around us yesterday. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> post Holloway stress disorder. It was uh, pretty. Uh, it's, it's but the, but it's I the... thought we did really. You know, I, I thought you know we're fifth in the division. Mm. If anybody had said you know we were going to the form team, we came away with a point. Of course, it was gutting, and of course it it felt like a bit of a, a shot in the foot, really. But uh, bloody Ellis is such a good season compared to the last three or four we've had. Well, it's unexpectedly good. I mean, I think we, we a few of us, I mean, back in September, I mean, if we'd have said mid-table respectability, James, then yeah. we'd have taken that with, you know, and, and bitten your arm off because at one point it was looking a bit of a rocky start to the season. So It was, no, and I, I did wonder um, whether, you know, Harris had the experience to sort of turn around a sort of uh, post-relegated side, but um, he, he's, he's, done, he's done that. And what is so exciting uh, is seeing the young players come through. You know, if you'd said at the beginning of the season who are our top um, young players, you would have said Sid Nelson, Aidan O'Brien. Yesterday, Thompson ran the midfield, absolutely superb. Um, Archer, you know, wasn't at fault for either of the goals. No. Another really made a fantastic save early in the um, second half. Uh, and you've got players like Phil Pott and Twardek coming around. Romeo was superb again at uh, right back. You know, biggest danger I think is getting some of these young players signed up on long-term contracts now. Really, I think that should be the focus. And I mean, for the season, I mean, I, I, I don't know how you see it, and I don't know how listeners see it, but I, we, we seem to be set fair for playoff football. And I think that would have been a massive bonus back in August if you had said that's where we'll finish. Uh, I think top two just looks a little bit beyond us, given their inability to kill these teams off. James, would you agree? Yeah, no, I think we'll be. I, I'm, to be honest, my gut feeling is it'll be glorious failure in the power playoffs. It has a bit of a feel of that um, season we lost to Scunthorpe to me. Um, I still think we're just still a little bit too much of a team in transition. But, you know, um, the other three teams in the playoffs, I mean, the, the Barnsley didn't do too well yesterday. I think they lost, didn't they? So, uh, and they've been the team in hot in form. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's all to play for when you're in the if you make the playoffs. I mean, there are no great shakes around us. That that much is for sure. And I, I think we have as much chance as anybody else to. Um, you know, it's, it's playoff football is a is a is a knockout. Um, phase, so you know, may the best man win. Um, I, I, there's, there's, a, there's a thing that goes around the internet from time to time on the message boards that if we do get into the championship, should should that come to pass, it will be in trouble, and we'll be back to square one in the sense of where we were last season, getting hidings every week. But I just feel a different sense of um, vitality around the club. I mean, I think we will struggle, but I'm not sure. No, I, I agree, and I. <clears throat> I, I think um, it's uh, it's dangerous to say, oh, we we you know we, we we need another season in Division One to so. No, we don't. Football, football, <laughs> it's been bloody grim, I tell you. Hasn't uh, it just up and down, up and down the? Uh, the Some of these northern places I've seen you at, James. I mean, bloody hell! I mean, anyone that anyone that says they want another season in in League One wants their head seeing to because there's, there's... exactly. But also on the footballing side, you know, it's much harder to keep hold of exciting young players if you. Yeah, um, totally. You know, and and to be honest, I thought. Harris did okay in the championship with those ten games he had last last season. 
I mean, Berylson would have to, I think, invest. Mm. Uh, and I can understand him having feeling his fingers were burned, having, you know, bloody Lomas and Holloway wasting all that money. But, yeah. uh, but, but uh, no, I'd, 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 I think the vitality is a really good word. I mean, I saw the under-21s well, uh, beat uh, Brentford 3-0 this week. And, okay. Uh, Philpott got a couple of goals and Twardy got another one. You know, we've got some really good young players coming through and uh, if Millwall get a reputation for, you know, being a club that can really develop young players, then uh, that, uh, you know, it becomes a bit of a virtuous circle, really, and we'll, keep, we'll start to pick up uh, a lot of the best young youngsters around. One young player I want to pick up on, just want to get your take on Aidan O'Brien, um, James. I mean, he took a little bit of criticism yesterday. I've got one um, post here from... Um, somebody saying that he was uh, Morrison was doing Aidan O'Brien's work for him, even though Aidan's come on late in the game with fresher legs. Um, he, he does seem to have gone off the boil slightly. He's not getting the starts, is he? He's not getting the time, and he's not looking the player that we we saw earlier on in the season. Well, I, I, yeah, no, it's a funny one, really. I mean, when he, I saw him at Crew and he got that hat trick, I thought, bloody hell, he's one of the best players we've had for years. Yeah, but he's he's really has gone off the boil, and he's really anonymous yesterday. You would have thought psychologically it'd be like, you know, he'd see try and seize his, his moment, try and seize his opportunity, and come on and really, you know, go for it. But no, he he hid. So I, I agree with you at the, the poster, and, and I think that must be about confidence. Um, he, he, the way he played with a bit of a swagger early in the season, uh, without that swagger, um, he, he doesn't seem to be half the player at the moment. No, I think I mean you need to be inside Aidan O'Brien's head to, uh, which, uh, judging by some of his posts, can be a strange place at times. But um, he, he, the, the word looked uninterested is that Mark Litchfield is the poster, just saying he looks uninterested at the moment, and that's a shame for such a young player with, with such obvious talent. It, you just want to see him come good. I mean, if he can't come good at Millwall, then maybe it is time to, you know, think about him being one of the players we do ship out in the summer. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd like to think that, you know, with a de- another decent uh, close season and uh, pre-season and then, um, and then you know, a fresh go, he might he might turn around again. But it is, it's always a bit it's always a bit depressing when um, a player gets a, a long-term contract and then they suddenly go off the boil. Yeah, well, we, we shall see. Um, so, yeah, two each at the death. Um... A frustrating, frustrating result for you, James. Overall, or yeah, no, really frustrating. We should have been three nil up at half time. Um, game we completely controlled, and uh, you know it. But uh, and, and as I say, I thought it was uh, partly self-inflicted, really. But you've got to look at the season overall for me, and it's uh, you know glass half full. I think uh, you know getting draws away from home is not a disaster by any means, and uh, no. as long as we can continue the improved home form. And, uh, and Sheffield United will be a good test next week. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel pretty optimistic, to be honest. Fantastic. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed your experience of going to Swindon yesterday. I, I noticed one or two posts about um, genetic... Small gene pool. Small gene pool, <laughs> <laughs> the genetics of Swindon. <laughs> um, so, fantastic stuff, James. Really appreciate you coming on the show today, mate. And I will see you again very soon, I hope. My pleasure, Nick. Take care of yourself, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. Achtung. Mehlball. Welcome back. Yes, it is a Sunday morning nightmare, or is it? Is that over-dramatising events? I don't know. Um, like many of us at the start of the day's proceedings yesterday, I've settled for a point down there at Swindon, the form side, as, as all of the reporters on the show today have said. So um, it's just the fact you've gone 2-0 ahead, should have closed out the game and made it 3, possibly even 4. 
failed to do so and then we've let them back into the match akin to what nearly happened last week versus Blackpool as I said to James so there's a certain lack of what can we call that clinical attitude we just lack that certain clinical finishing the the kind of ruthlessness required to actually win a league and well, certainly going in the top two spaces we see, do seem to have enough about us to finish in the top top six though so playoff football beckons and that's that's always an exciting prospect at the end of the season so let's take a look at the online comment why don't we this is why you've tuned into the show you don't want to sit here listening to my old tosh so we're going to begin first up with lord kitchener on the house of fun so Lord Kitch questions whether with 10 to 15 minutes left, whether the last two players that he would be putting into the, into the mix would be O'Brien, who Lord Kitch says since signing his new deal has been worse than useless. A few people have said that on, on Twitter as well. Uh, and Upson, neither can defend with any purpose, the Lord K says. At least the wand, the wand being Sean Williams, would have been a better bet. He then goes on to refer to Harris on the learning curve, learning his trading management. But makes a very valid point in my book there. Two nil, and then should have been three nil. But for Gregory's unbelievable miss, I don't, I wasn't there, so I can't tell you how unbelievable that miss was. Maybe those that um, follow this on Twitter can um, post just how unbelievable a miss that was. Um, we should have been pushing on to kill the game off before half time. Make you right, Lord K. I mean, I, I can only go by the Blackpool performance last week. I said that to James speaking to him by phone earlier on today. Um, we just seem to have a little bit of a tendency to sit back and relax on our, rest on our laurels. You don't relax on your laurels, you rest on your laurels, don't you? So, yeah, 2-0 should have been 3-0, and then that would have been game over. And it sounds even, listening to Omer's live report, that Morrison had a late, late, late chance to make it 3-1. Missed it, and then, of course, we've gone down the other end, and uh, we've conceded. Um, and it's cost us, as Lord Kitchener rightly points out. Another point the good Lord makes, and I think this is a very valid point, is how much we're going to miss Jed Wallace when he returns, and it is going to be when he returns to Wolves in uh, April, April the 9th, I think I've read. I'm not sure about that. I have to check that out. April the 9th, his, his loan period is up, 93 days, and we will miss him because he's really brought an attacking dimension to the squad that was lacking previously. Lord Kay's calling for the transport, the transport record, the transfer record, to be busted wide open um, to get him. Um, we don't know how much money we've got available, do we? Um, we seem to have money available for um, land deals and um, campaigning to get legal fees done for, for the car park. Whether we can get enough money to get Jed into the squad. He's a boy that's gone on, online this week, speaking well of the club, speaking to News at Den, making comments that seem to imply how he'd love it, love it, if Mill came after him. But that can't be until the summertime. So he may be a player to um, keep in the, on the back burner for next season. Certainly made a huge difference for me. I think he's a fantastic winger, really inventive on the ball, and he seems to be enjoying himself in South Bermondsey. Who doesn't? Who doesn't enjoy themselves in South Bermondsey, dear listeners? Eh? Achtung, Milbal. Another thread here about Swindon bully cunts posted uh, posted by the PW Lion. Um, apparently, there's some kind of incident. It's doing the rounds on on Twitter where a chap has been um, apparently knocked out, and there's a picture of him sprawled out in in the grass. Um, PW Lion says that um, they've hit a 60 year old man outside the Tappan Barrow. I don't know the truth for this. Um, 60 years old, only a couple of years older than me. Basically, it is part and parcel of following the Lions, unfortunately. But it sounds like a particularly nasty incident. This wasn't firm on firm. This was 
a chat apparently with his wife um, doing an away day. He's a re- an away regular. I really hope he's all right. That's that's my main take out of it. I know there's one or two calling for retribution and an old school turnout next season. We can't obviously comment nor condone any of that stuff. You've got to appreciate this is a public um, radio show, so I've got to be careful what I endorse, and I can't endorse that, can I, you back, can I? But it does sound nasty, and I really do wish this chap, well, it doesn't look well in the picture that's doing the rounds on the internet, so um, best wishes go out to um, the unnamed mill chap there, so thoughts are with him and, the, and his family at the moment. The Peckham Pouncer on, on the House of Fun says that their goalkeeper was had some French name, didn't he, Verrieux? Various, 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 asterisk, or something like that. Um, apparently, almost single-handedly started a riot at the mill end after they scored that late, late winner. Um, he's called a fucking idiot by the Peckham Pouncer. Um, it, it does fascinate me with modern players who seem to think that they can incite the crowd almost with impunity, and and then they complain like Billy O when somebody does run on the pitch and has a, has a go. Um, I, again, you can't be endorsing people running on a pitch, can you? More legal action is going to come my way. Oh my giddy arm, I'm going to have no house left, nor any kind of possession, possessions whatsoever. So I better be careful what I say there. But a goalkeeper apparently was most um, unwise, as Sergeant Wilson might have said in Dad's Army when they when they scored. A little bit of Twitter reaction for you, dear listener. I mean, obviously we've got Neil Harris saying we certainly feel like we've been robbed. We've done that already with. With James, um, robbery. I, I wasn't there, so I can't comment. Does sound like we had it within our gift and within our power to have taken the three points, and we didn't. So, um, one thing I will say for Neil Harris, he does seem like a quick learner. It sounds like he's got himself emotionally involved in a game in a way that might not be best from the um, the point of view of um, you know the, the management. I did see a great analogy. I read a great analogy the other day comparing football management with um, waging war and armies in conflict and as the person who spoke or wrote I can't remember if it was an interview or a piece I read but he compared football management with managing um, an armed force of some description and invariably as you go through history if you look at all the great military leaders military conflicts it is the most disciplined forces who win the day the Romans understood this didn't they in back in the classical era that if you applied discipline to a situation you will outdo the mob who have no discipline and the same principle applies as in as in football management so getting yourself emotionally um, wound up is to a degree required because you need to have some pep energy vim you call it what you want to but if you're going to get yourself so emotionally involved it starts to affect your decision making ability and we're going to go back to Lord Kitch and his substitutions earlier on I think you do need to keep a cool head and as um, I think James said in, in the uh, phone interview we did earlier on, if the manager is getting himself embroiled in it, it's almost a, a carte blanche for the players to get involved in a way that isn't always helpful. So again, it's a learning curve. Neil is a young manager, not long been in the role, only one year. He has his critics online. They all, almost certainly will tune into this. They don't like anything that's helpful or supportive to Neil Harris. Some people, the majority are fine. Some are less fine. And Neil will need to learn from that, won't he? I, I think he will. I think he will. Andrew MFC is commenting on the late equaliser. Said, "Well, that felt like a kick in the bollocks. It was gutty, Andrew. I do, I do take your point, mate." Um, Mark Mitchell, we've referred to already, says Morrison ran his balls off the whole all game, and yet he's still doing a fresh Aidan O'Brien's work deep into the game. That's not acceptable, says Mark. Not good enough. 
Um, as far as he's concerned, O'Brien can go somewhere else. He doesn't want to know since he signed his new contract. Looks totally uninterested. Same point as Lord uh, Kitchener made on the House of Fun. Bermondsey Boy says the older he gets, the more calm he becomes after uh, when it comes to supporting Mill. I know what you mean, Berm. I almost could feel that equaliser coming from the moment I read on Twitter that we'd given away a softish penalty. I, I personally felt in my waters, in my bones, in my Complan. I, I, don't, I don't drink Complan. It's just a figure of speech because it's implying that I'm advanced years by the side of some of the younger crowd. Um, you could feel that equaliser are coming and lo and behold it did on the, the dead of dead of the game Bermondsey Boy says he's become calm and he always takes the positives plus he has an ASBO which says he can't be out after 7pm <laughs> like it know what you mean Burn Boy Mill halfway line whoever he might be says it was too easy to blame the referee who was awful uh, conceded too much possession we conceded too much possession in the second half Useful point against the form team, but really, 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 it's two points thrown away, which is frustrating. MFC Stew says he thinks we ran out of steam way too early, inviting them onto us, and we conceded too much possession, same point. We stopped closing them down. Substitutes needed earlier, probably substitutes designed to close down the game rather than um, be, you know, have poetry readings and, and, and maybe Jesus kind of... Um, uh, conversations like Aiden, I don't know. Um, certainly, it was. I think there's an error of judgment there, and I do think that Neil Harris will be learning from it. Eddie Toomey hates it. He hates it when those refs play in defence and don't close players down, commenting, ironically, clearly, of the alleged bias of the referee. I didn't see enough of it, so I'm just going by the reports. Gimo, Gimo says, we bottled it. Bottled sounds harsh, Gimo, but I'll go with it. Uh, we bottled that, but the referee helped them out massively. He couldn't give them free kicks any... He couldn't give them quick, quick enough free kicks, he says. Hashtag Millwall. And Ben Stephen also uses the B word. He says, we bottled that. But the referee also helped them massively. It's the same fucking post I'm talking about. I must have copied the wrong one. And ben Stephen said something very similar. Sorry, listeners. Well, it, it, come on. You and professional podcasts, you go elsewhere, don't you? you? As it is, you get our slapdash. All a bit of a mix kind of approach. And you, that's what we do. That's how we do it. This is Millwall, Glenn from This Is Millwall. We know him well. He's on our show regularly. He says, one that last thought. Uh, it's actually the second to last thought. I've got one more after this. But he says, one last thought. It's never boring being a Millwall fan, is it? No, it's not, Glenn. It's what we love. We love the drama. We are drama addicts. Some people watch soap operas. Some people tune into box sets on Sky. We, and you, listening out there, you know who you are, I'm talking to you right now, we are drama addicts, we're Millwall fans, it's what we've been doing for, well in my case, 35 plus years, and over many years you've been doing it for, it is what we do, um, we wouldn't know it any other way, would we? As it is, last year we got relegated, and haven't got shot at the clown, then we've had like a late, late chance of survival, couldn't quite do it this year, we're all, one minute we're talking about relegation to League 2, fourth tier, now we're mid-table respectability, and now we're actually looking at playoffs and the chance to go back from whence we came, how else would you want it, what other club do you want to support, you don't want to support anyone else, it's me all, all the way, I'm going to close it out now listeners, because I'm rambling, Bermondsey Boy, Bermondsey Boy says again, whatever the outcome of the season is, I love watching us again, Give Neil Harris the freedom of Bermondsey. Lord Neil of Southwark, he's calling for here. Know what you mean, Berm. Um, it is enjoyable. Uh, there were periods in the last five years, particularly under the, 
the kind of latter day Kenny jacket, then we had Lomas, um, and then obviously the clown, where it had just become fucking boring, so depressing, so down, such a buzz kill. Now, win, lose or draw, you know that the team have given everything they've got to give, yes there will be errors and mistakes along the way, and there will be, you know, cock-ups and um, Keystone Cop style errors and mistakes, but you know it's a Millwall side, you know that they're giving you 100%. And for crying out loud, that's all we've ever wanted, all we've ever wanted from our club. Forget the regeneration, forget some rich man, one rich man versus another wanting to redevelop the car park into a <clears throat> a faith centre or a kind of a happy clappy hymn Sunday morning job, all that old nonsense, organic coffee shops and hotels and digital media conference centres, forget all that. None of us, in the end, give a shit. If it keeps John Berylson happy and it gives some modicum of a future for the club, then yes, we'll go with it, our plans on that front. As it is, no one ever falls in love with worrying about someone else's development plan, do they? You follow a football club, and at last, after five long years, it seems, we've got a football club back. And that's a fantastic note on which to leave this week's show. Apologies for it not being a regular Format, I hope you've enjoyed it nevertheless. I, I, I want to say thank you to Omar Ronane, who I thought did a great job with his live coverage. I'm hoping to get Ron, Ron, hoping to get Omar back again in the future. Big thank you to James Blewett for pulling me out of trouble and doing a, a, a fantastic phone interview this morning. Big thank you to you listeners out there. I, this show is nothing without you listeners. Um, otherwise, it's just me speaking to a, a brick wall, as I'm doing at the moment with a microphone in front of me. I want to say thank you to you too. I'll be back next week, God willing, inshallah, next Saturday. Home to Sheffield United. Big game. Get yourself down the den. This one's going to be a biggie. Achtung, Millwall. You've been listening to Achtung, Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.